Welcome, dear listeners, to a brand new season of Life and Home. I am Shan, and with me is Joanna, your co-host for this enriching journey. This season, we delve into a captivating world of couples and their unique view of home. Home is more than a space. It's a reflection of who we are. And when two lives merge within this space, an intriguing dance of tastes and identities take place. How do couples blend these differences and similarities to create a space that truly symbolizes their united front? Join us this season as we converse with couples across the spectrum, each narrating their own story of creating a home that encapsulates their individualities and their shared journey. We will review how their homes echo their bond and their growth as a couple. So, sit back and join us on this enlightening expedition, unveiling the allure and complexity of home through the eyes of couples. Regardless of your relationship status or curiosity about how couples view their homes, this season holds insights for all. Let's dive in and uncover the intriguing realm of life at home. Hi and welcome everyone to Life at Home podcast today. We are here with Nick and Priya. Thanks, Johanna. Um, My name's Nick. Nick Kettles, and I'm a former journalist and now a trainer of leadership development and coaching skills. And I've been in relationship with Priya for nearly 25 years. I'm Priya. I'm a full-time mum. I study nutrition and herbal medicine and um, been in relationship with Nick (laughs) for nearly 25 years. Yeah. We agree on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's a very long partnership can I tell me a little bit about your background and how you grew up I'll start so for me I had a pretty uh, rocky childhood very um, quite dysfunctional was brought up from 12 years onward by my father Mm. and um, quite a tomboy and very independent yeah but it was a difficult difficult childhood so um, yeah Mm. I have very different ideas of what a home life should be yeah. So, how do you describe home when you think back about that? What What's your the words that come up? Not safe. Yeah. No, well, no centers, place to know that you feel that you have any guidance. And how does that translate to today? Um, well, completely different today. I mean, obviously, we have two daughters who are going to be twenty-two and nineteen. They're twenty-three and twenty. Yeah, they're going to be twenty-two and twenty. Gosh, I'm <laughs> yeah, in a few weeks. So it has been. I think one of my important, one of my huge values was to be a full-time mother that I could be present for my daughters. Yeah, well, they grew up knowing that they were, um, they had a parent available to them. And um, that home is a place that is a is a home. It's somewhere that you want to be. It's a place that's open. It's a place that's caring. It's a it's a place that there is a lot of love. Yeah. Wow. And how how about you, Nick? When you think back, how was that? Not dissimilar, uh, uh, but, but to to prayer in long periods of my childhood, home was not safe, or at least it was very lonely and 
uh, in that I was for a period of time what's known as in the time as a latchkey kid you know I'd come home from school and there'd be no one there so it was very lonely and uh, uh, and sometimes unsafe and then in my teenage years which were actually a lot more s- stable it was still incredibly chaotic you know I lived in a small house with uh, four teenagers aged uh, 13 14 14 and uh, 16 that's to my sister and I and my stepbrother and sister and my mom and my stepdad and it was an incredibly chaotic house and yet very uh open and very um liberal as well i think my stepfather and my mom decided that was the best way to uh to raise their teenagers was to be liberal and open and so i i bring a a, a mix of that in my definition of home is i want home to also be safe and i also want it to be spacious as well because it was very difficult to find one space. Either I had too much coming home to an empty house or not enough. So uh, so I tend to want the home to be a place where people can have their own space, but also where we can also be together as well. So, What is the home that the two of you create together? Well, we were talking about this earlier, is that while for some people one might take it for granted, you know, buying a physical, when we talk about home, buying a physical house mm-hmm. and, and, you know, renovating or beautifying that house, that that was a real, uh, has been a real challenge for us because, you know, if, if the way you've been brought up is that home is not safe, is then, you know, uh, it's not a safe place to be, then committing to home is really difficult because you're committed you don't want to commit to something that's chaotic or uncertain right yeah. that's the programming and so for us the the real uh growth edge for us has been actually just uh staying still for long enough <laughs> for it to be called a home without moving on and then also beautifying it i mean we did a big renovation two years ago and it was it was probably worth 10 years of therapy most definitely <laughs> To actually say, we're actually going to have a nice kitchen, you know, that, I mean, for most people, they take that for granted. But for us, that was like, wow, are we allowed to have a nice kitchen? I think yeah. it's also to do with, uh, you make, you get so used to making do. Yeah. And uh, maybe, yeah. yeah, and maybe underneath it all, there's a, there's a thing that you don't deserve it. You feel that you don't deserve it underneath it all because of the way that, you know, yeah. one's been brought up. Yeah. So for me, I think it was deeply challenging to have created what I I think now is a beautiful home yeah I mean it was very very traumatic for me to to have the renovations to know what was done I mean I had so many sleepless nights and so much stress it was it was painful I I, I really would like a modern house if I ever well, we're going to move if again if we move again yeah <laughs> if we want to move into a, a pre, <laughs> something's pre, already done built pre-renovated by yeah. someone with exactly the same taste as us <laughs> but that that's the home that we've been trying to create on one level is is, mm. is something that is actually first of all is just that we could call a home maybe from our idea of a home being a safe place and somewhere that has a feeling of home mm. as opposed to just a house you know yeah with our own quirks yeah well i'm hearing that home has a lot to do with safety for mm. you for you both but what else does it have to do with? Open space. I think yeah. it's got to be, a, uh, for me, it's very important that when people come to stay, I mean, we have a lot of people coming to stay because we live in such a lovely place on the foothills of the Pyrenees. Yeah. Um, that people know that they can feel comfortable 
in in our home, you know, treat it as your own home. I think it's a really important value of mine that people don't have to feel that they have to tippy-toe around and they can, you know, do what they want. There's their space if they want to take space. And we're just, I think, holding an open energy for them and just staying present. You know, there's always room for wonderful discussion. We don't have a television. We don't, no. We don't own one. So, you know, our, our television is the mountains. Yeah. I think maybe as a result of getting involved in coaching around 2005, 2006, for me, when the kids were quite small, they were two and four at the time, is that this idea of authenticity and supporting the free expression of mm. the kids was a really powerful and radical idea for us. Uh, it built on top of the work that we were already doing to kind of address kind of historical pain with regard to our own upbringing. and I really do share that value of wanting people to be welcome Mm -hmm. Um, but I think since the kids were quite young two and four and we became aware of the coaching world and and personal development at a perhaps a deeper level um, we we really hope that the house is a place where people can be themselves whoever they are We, we have this beautiful print from a print artisan printmaker in uh Brighton uh in the UK, which simply says "Become who you are," which is a quote from Nietzsche, which is yeah. um, really, I think, at the heart of what coaching is about. It's about uh, letting go of your attempts to try to be something you're not. And so, I think we try to do our best to make sure the house is a space where people can uh, express themselves freely, like that. But that does also come with a uh, a challenge as well. In that, you know, yeah. we are all four of us very, very different. And so if we're going to uphold that value, then we have to embrace the friction and the difference um, as well, you know, rather than focusing on compromise. So yeah, we, we strive to have the house be a place where people can uh, uh, have their own voice. I think our experience of growing up was that there wasn't enough love to go around, so there wasn't enough space for everyone to be valued for who they were individually, you know. Mm-hmm. love was shared out conditionally rather than unconditionally so. yeah i think it is a value actually that everyone has a voice their unique voice is heard although sometimes that that has its downside in that we hold that to be true for ourselves, and then you know, we invite other family members here sometimes and other guests here and then find that actually they uh sometimes we feel like uh, we, we we also have to maintain boundaries as well yeah That's because um the welcoming, openness, sense of authentic mm. self, uh, supporting people and being their authentic self here mm. often um, gives people permission to 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 come here and relax and do nothing. <laughs> so you know, we uh, mm. uh, realize that we pr- desire to create a home means that we also need to know when to shut the door as well, because we can't be a homemaker for everyone that comes here. You know. Mm. I love when you're talking about, you know, when all four of you are together, you are so different. How do you think your home reflects those differences? <laughs> oh, I'm just laughing because our eldest, who's um, she's doing fashion and design, and she's always, I mean, both girls are very, very creative. They're always creating things. So yeah. in the dance and in the mix, um, I have got in my living room currently a sewing machine, an ironing board, which has got 
shibori um, prints on it because they've been doing shibori dyeing together. <laughs> um, you know, there's there. It, it's always looking like a bit all, of an art all studio. Her, all her paintbrushes are all in her the paintbrushes were in the kitchen, yeah. having been washed up. Thankfully, uh, the the coffee table was completely covered because she was just painting a skateboard for her boyfriend yesterday for his birthday. Telica symbol. You know, they're always there's always something. Just dance through it. Where we allow, hopefully, allow the space to. To, to be uh, as available as possible, but that also comes with its downsides. I thought you were going to talk about Asha being extrovert and the three of us. Oh, no, that, uh, that, well, I think that's another introvert. form of expression. So, so in, <laughs> uh, house, we, we don't have a neighbour for 400 metres. So in French, you say no vis-a-vis, no one overlooking you for 400 no metres. We're right in the countryside, on a little, perched on a little foothill looking out over the Pyrenees. So for myself and Priya, who love the tranquility of nature, and Eloa, our youngest, who is very, probably more introverted than us, this yeah. is perfect. But for Asha, who's considerably more extrovert than us, it's a slightly less convenient. You know, so when she was a teenager, it was we did a lot of taxi taxi driving for her. She likes it more now. Now that she she's appreciates in the city, it more now yeah, because she's, she's studying in Bordeaux, so she craves to come back into yeah. nature. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't always reflect. There's no kind of perfect solution. I think she would love to have grown up in a town where she could have walked and knocked on the door of a neighbour and said, you know, do you want to hang out? And, and that wasn't the case here. And is that why you are living where you are living? Because you are introverted? For me, I think it's really in one of my, again, what was really important for when the children were growing up. I remember when I was very young, maybe a bit too young, but I was always out in nature. I was always running wild and doing my own thing. And it was very important to me that the girls grew up in nature because they would always find their peace. And nature to me is everything. So if nothing else, you've always got nature to come back to. So growing up and having that freedom to run around, do what they want to do, get muddy, go in the rivers, do whatever they want to do, was really important to have that freedom, that freedom and that space. I think now I can actually say they really do appreciate that. They come home and they're like, oh, it's so nice, you know, to be out. They go up into the mountains, they jump in cold rivers, you know. Mm. They, they they have that um, appreciation of beauty. Mm. That's not just things. But it's also their story of home. I mean, they did prior to this, when we moved to France from the UK, we lived in this townhouse on the mm. edge of the, the local city, Po. It was a beautiful big townhouse that we rented and a big garden. And, and I think because they were very small, they loved it, the, mm. the children. And it became very idyllic for them. And we were close to the city and you know, close to their school, very close, in fact, almost next door. And uh, and then when we moved here, they complained for a period of time, you know, like, oh, well, we missed the old house, you know, and, you know, here we are, we're isolated. But then they grew into it. And now they don't mention that, you know, this is home. So it is mm. part of their story. Mm, yeah. um, I think that we really wanted to uh, have the opportunity to put roots down to, to stay in one place as well, because I think mm. one of the patterns was that we'd been moving around quite a lot probably as a out of a fear of wanting to commit to one place you know yeah. wanting yeah. to become stagnant but then realizing actually that was a, a gift for the kids especially when they're in teenage years to actually to give them 
the consistency of living in one place. Yeah. And why in the world this home that you are in now, of all the homes? Well, because it was on a vision board and then there's a lot of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of chance involved with this home. Yeah. I think what this particular house in this area is not easy to find. In French, they say bouche oreille, which means mouth to ear, ear to mouth. You hear about things not through an advert, but from word of mouth. Yeah. That's how they say it. And mm. we've been in France for a couple of years and locate identified this area somewhere we wanted to, to to live, but we couldn't find anything. But eventually, just by meeting people and chatting and Priya, you were running a Qigong class. I was teaching Qigong at the time. I was giving classes and one of the my clients, actually, her cleaner, said there's a house that's gonna be that's gonna be available to rent. Soon, and um yeah. so we we said, right, we'll go and have a look because we wanted to move out of the town. Mm-hmm. And um, it became, it wasn't available. He said it was already rented, but we actually said, okay, if it becomes available, let us know. We spent eight years renting the house and getting to know the, well, own, got it, the owner. And mm. then it's very rare for, for a, a home like this, which has been owned by... Um, been in a family. Uh, been in, in a, a local family historically for over 100 years, um, for them to sell it outside of the family. But he had uh, children that had already left France living in Switzerland and somewhere else and and had made it very clear that they didn't want this house. Mm. This was a second family home. He had no reason to keep it, so he uh, offered it to us and we were in a position to buy it. And I think that's really in- interesting in thinking about it is there's a, a wonder to what degree we've learned some element of this local region is part of how we consider home as well because they have a very strong tradition in this region of, Mm. families living in one place for a long period of time and mm. i think that at first for us is really scary the idea that you um you know might stay in one place might feel stagnant but we see people who've lived here a long time of uh they're very happy you know and we think well maybe our, our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren will consider themselves mm. from this region we're well, certainly very much l'étranger. <laughs> we're still the the foreigners. We'll here. always be outside. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about the way that they uh, live quite a simple life here that we really attracted to. Life, simple network of people, and life moves slowly. If you just for a second can think that the universe somehow sent you this house with its history, and because it wanted you to live there wanted you to be there what do you think is the impact of that house on you then in return a house is 1600 so it's been around a long time 370 years old it's grown it's had lots of renovations lots lots of that's a good question where people were commitment phobic and we come to a house that's been in this place for 370 years that's what it means to teach us so the walls i mean the walls are super thick i mean like this thick so maybe that's a, a sense of feeling protected, you know. Mm. My children used to say, if there's a zombie of apocalypse, be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be we just shut the shutters, nobody can get in. Well, yeah. I think also where it's located, we love this area of the Pyrenees because it's uh, unlike many people confuse where we live with the south of France, which is Provence and, mm. and, and on the Mediterranean. On the Mediterranean, which is very dry and very windy and very beautiful. But we're in the southwest, which is the Atlantic coast and the Pyrenees. it's a different weather uh, system here and it it can be very changeable we get incredible thunderstorms Mm. we get the mistral coming across 
uh, or the Scirocco, I forget which one it is, coming across the plain of Spain, across the mountains, this warm wind that blows through in the sun, in the winter. And then we get high winds, a lot of heat, a lot of rain. It's always changing. And there's a sense of... It's uh, green. It's we very are very green. green here. Yeah, so it's very vital. So I think that's something it's teaching us. But we often when the high wind comes in, because it does, we do get gusts of up to 100 kilometers an hour through here. Yeah. We sometimes say, well, we're, we're batting down the hatches yeah, as if this house was like a ship. Got, so we shut the all shutters. the shutters and then you're, you're oh, shut in completely. And it's very, very cozy. And it's interesting, the roof of the house is um, is built in the style of a, sh- a ship. That's how the roofs were built, a very steep pitch. And uh, um, the carpenters at the time were probably making the ships as well. Yeah. It, it's like a ship's hull turned upside down. It, so there's a sense of it being like our, our lifeboat. <laughs> wow. I mean, we know just from what you were saying that this house has seen many families through many storms, many good summers and bad ones and bad winters. What do you think this house would be saying about you? I think it would say peace, a very peaceful space. People tend to become here and, and find their quietude and unravel in a way. So I would say, yeah, it's peace. It has its moments. We do have parties and big yeah. garden parties, but generally, yes, a sense of peace. I'm, I'm lost. I don't know what it would say. I, I do love the history of it. It's got nice energy. It does. And, and for me, the house is also the land, mm. the land around it, which is agricultural land, which can't be built on. So it was very cheap, so it didn't cost much more to, to buy. It. and so the house and the land for me are our home both together and so so the home is about the land it's about embracing the idea of being a guard the, a guardian of of a piece of land you know steward of a piece of land and so they, hopefully the land would say that um thank you <laughs> and and you know, as much as we, we share a lot in common with some of our neighbours, we don't share a lot in common with some of them as well. And on the day we were about to sign on this, our landlord at the time came and said, oh, I'm going to cut a few trees down before, before we go. My brother's, who is the neighbouring landowner, is going to cut a few trees. So I'd marked a few up and I took a walk through the land and he'd, he'd marked up about 30 oak trees that were quite mature. We went back to him and said, well, you cut those trees down, then the, the deal's off, you know, and, and he realised. So he, he renegated on it. And But mm. that for me was really important for us to say, we're going to take this, this land and we're going to look after it. So the, the home that is the land would say, thank you that we're doing our best to kind of allow it to find its own equilibrium which mm. i think is also reflects what we're trying to do within ourselves find our own equilibrium and how home can support that mm. it's not easy yeah it seems that there is something around protection and safety and safeguarding between you and your home and the land going both ways somehow What is a memorable moment that you think that this place has witnessed you through? So many good times and also difficult times as well. This has been home while we went through difficult times with loss of family and also the kids' teenage years as well, which was not so easy. There have been so many intense moments. To just name one is not possible your life lives through within the these walls life happens but i like i think that's something that you're saying when we're talking about it being like a, a ship that can weather the storm mm-hmm. is that that this house has been witness to you know the moment when my mum died or the moment when Priya's father died i had a young younger a late 60s both of them mm-hmm. and so the kids were younger 
teenagers at the time. We were able to weather that. It was not, you know, we weren't anticipating it. And it came with a, a lot of fallout as well. You know, death, death is one thing. And then there's mm. the, what happens afterwards as well. So the house is, has provided us with that continuity, I think. Um, yeah. Provide, uh, hopefully, that's what we want the home to be is, is a place of continuity, is a, a place of stability. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking this morning about what we learned from uh, the Waldorf system with regard to routine, this idea of routine, rhythm, and ritual, something we learned right when the kids were really young, when they were at kindergarten, was offering us some advice on how to, you know, try and bring some of the spirit of the education system into the home. And she said, consider it like this routine ritual and rhythm and the mm. idea is that routine is a good thing but mm. routine should give way to rhythm meaning like the changing of the seasons or the changing of the weather you know you don't yeah stick to a routine regardless, regardless if it's a beautiful day you, you let go of the routine and go and enjoy the beautiful day and mm. um so you submit to the rhythm of of change as well and then rituals as well to mark the the changing of seasons and and hopefully we've done our best to allow to create routines and structures within the house that are, are strong enough to provide something that's predictable and continuity but not uh where they become so rigid that we don't you know uh, submit to change and then we've also i think done a good job in creating ritual in terms of parties birthday parties celebrations pet funerals of which there's been five in the last oh. 13 years yeah. yeah well there's 13 years of, of of living so animals have shorter lives so we've had five mm. and two of them were rats which yeah. only lived for two years so mm. yeah, oh, so yeah. The, the, the idea is hopefully that the house has uh, provided that s stability mm. while we, continuity. continuity while we've gone through difficult times but also good times as well mm. you know for me it's been a wonderful place to return to after when I was traveling a lot, I traveled a lot for about seven years mm. on a plane twice a month and to come home and just kind of put my feet, literally bare feet on the garden was an mm. incredible thing. So, Wow. When people come to visit you, I know you were talking about people come quite often. What do you think they say about being in your home, being with you? How do they experience it? <laughs> if it's family, it's always going to be different. If it's family, uh, some if of them friends, will, will probably yeah. complain and say that, uh, you know. Uh, well, there's all, all the relationship entanglement as well. Yeah, if, fam if family different. comes as a different dynamic. Yeah, it's a different so bag. They might be le le less yeah. praiseworthy of our hospitality yeah. because they, there's yeah. another dynamic. But yeah. Typically, I think consistently we get... <clears throat> Like we get trip advisor feedback. I think for me, uh, I think people feel that they can, like I said before, unravel. They kind of just kind of can come and go. Oof. Yeah, yeah. So they can just really uh, just let go and just mm. be, and they tend to recharge. This is their recharge point. Something I'm proud of that we've done probably three or four times over the years is that we've met people spontaneously who were just traveling and we uh, on a whim just to come and stay 
you know, if you're part, because we know they're passing through the Pyrenees, you know, if you're coming near us, just well, you're welcome. We only, the doors we, open. We may have only met them a, an hour or two. And for us, I think that was an, also an important value was to demonstrate to the kids it's okay to trust life. You know, mm. we met this couple riding, they were riding their bikes through uh, Portugal and Spain. When they came into France, we said, we'll come and stay. And so we'd only met them an hour and then they came and stayed for three days. And, and they said they felt really really welcomed you know we did what we wanted for them which was uh, to provide a, a place of refuge a place of rest i think for me if i'm looking back at my 20s something that impels me to want to welcome people is is that i relied a lot on other people in my late teens early 20 throughout my 20s for places to live i was very very uh mobile i didn't put down roots for more than six months at a time and I lived in probably 13 14 different places and sometimes on the the goodwill of other people mm. who provided me with space uh either at low cost rent or nothing and I felt like I wanted to give something back this story of yours reminds me of you know I'm in Sweden and a lot of our medieval laws are still in play because um it costs a lot of money to, you know, cancel a law. So mm. we have a law that if you come by somebody's house with your horse, they are obligated to, you know, give food and water to your horse and uh, feed and water you as well. So it kind of reminds me somehow of that, that it's kind it's okay, you know, to stop somewhere and ask. And uh, Oh, I hope that's what we, we try to do. It's I know that law. It's the same law in, in Britain. It's called the Wayfarer's Doll. Stop at any church and mm. say, I want a glass of water and they or 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 food and they'd have to feed you. Yes. It is a beautiful thing. So there's something of that spirit here. Most definitely. I think it's really important to be human beings and have open heartedness to other human beings. I think people, I know in my life that people have been quite shut the door in my face and stuff like that. And I think it's important to treat others as you wish to be treated, you know. And for me, when I was younger, you know, if someone had offered me a haven, I would have jumped at the chance, you know. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's a wonderful thing to be in a position to be able to do that. And uh, it's such a gift when you meet wonderful people and, you, you know, you meet rich, diverse people by doing that. I would say to be, if we're being honest with this, is that, that we've seen the other side of the coin as well, which is where people have taken advantage. Mm. And so I think we've had to learn to find the balance of that value of openness and then also discernment, discernment because some part of us also, we needed to learn to say, actually, this is our home mm. and we are welcoming you into it, but don't take advantage of it. You know, and and that was probably the more, more difficult thing. It was easier to say, "Oh, we're an open door. Come and come and spend some time with us." But then it became much harder to say, "Actually, no. The, you are welcome. This is an open mm. space. Be who yourself, but who mm. you are. But don't take advantage." You know, yeah. so to to learn how to find the balance. Find the balance has been been a growth edge for us as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just recreate our own kind of boundaryless childhood, otherwise. You know, in couples, when they come together, they're going to create this entity of their relationship and it's how they are with it together and, and what works for both of them. I mean, fortunately, we're we're quite alike in that respect. 
we do share a lot of similar values yeah. know, although we're very different in in so many different ways yeah. and, and what are the shared values of the of the relationship and how can they form the foundation of the home mm. has been important for us because although there are values that you know are are different from Priya to I to to me that the shared values are really the foundation of the home mm. and so mm. i think there has to be a a commitment to the relationship which you know well yeah, mm-hmm. it's not just two individuals mm-hmm. kind of negotiating their individual needs. There has to be a point where you surrender to the idea of relationship and let that be the footprint for the for their idea of home. And I think that's evolved over time. But there's still ideas that are still pretty consistent from when we mm-hmm. first met. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that we have a similar view, Stefan and I, is there has to be a willingness to flow with um, yeah. whichever direction a willingness to change mm-hmm. and adapt and and uh, yeah show up in a way what is your biggest design uh conflict that you're design in design conflict well can we celebrate Go on, then. you know the when we were renovating that we argued a lot when we we're renovating the house a, yeah. a lot because where we're saying values are different, one of Priya's strong values is pra- pragmatism and practicality yeah. being triple Capricorn. <laughs> and one of my ones <laughs> being a Libra and is, is beauty and the ascetic. Yeah. And so we had a big fight about we have this attic that typically French people don't include in the description of the house, but it's a space. So we, I said we should open up the staircase that goes up to the first floor we should just repeat it and go up to the attic so and then put skylights in to let the light in all the way down and it was like well that would be impractical because we'd lose a lot of floor space for the uh (laughs) and then also it's going to cost more i won you did you won that one i won that one it was good because it does work with the light but it also it resulted in uh the plasterer suggested that we uh Instead of putting the plastic cut close to the beams, that actually put it above the beams so that the beams are now exposed and it looks really beautiful. So mm. we got the light and the aesthetic. But then the other side was, and I think this reflects us, doesn't it? I'm more in the air and you're on the ground. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> when we did the next phase. Which bit? Say, no, bit, the oh, floor. Oh, the floor. Yeah. Right. So we did, uh, yes. Okay. So I kind of took control of the ground floor. So the kitchen. And I yeah. want something practical, functional, and easy to clean. That's yeah. my my criteria. And also, um, we were just about to put the kitchen in, and I realised that we should put a new floor down because once we'd done the kitchen, it was done. Yeah, which is highly impractical. Which for was you, highly impractical for you. For me, but I, I actually <laughs> had it done a month or a few weeks before the kitchen got installed. Actually, but we had to move out. But we had literally moved out of the whole ground floor. We just camped in the garage and. For two months. For two months, we cooked in there. We kind of pulled everything out, chainsawed up the the old kitchen, and just kind of reassembled it back in the in the thing with a plug and just cooked on gas. And but the floor is beautiful. So maybe we we... made a beautiful floor, and everyone who comes in now goes, "Wow!" So that's funny, isn't it? I just said that we didn't share the same values, but your your desire to have this floor was highly impractical because we had to move out for three three months yeah. and it's beautiful it is so there's osmosis ha- values osmosis happening here yeah. <laughs> 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 but i've designed it i'm god i don't know what the design tip is i think mine's the floor definitely because it makes it oh, i think you have to meet the character of the house if yeah that, that's i 
Oh, I, mean, I, like I don't know that. if that's got anything to do with our relationship. I think that's just something. Another cooker. We love that's cooking good, now. It's good design advice, you mm. know. Uh, yeah. You want to make sure that whatever changes you make to the house uh, reflect the vision for the home. Mm. I, I think I read that in a book. it's not not wisdom from our relationship is it no hang on the kitchen is the place yeah i would say the kitchen we wanted the kitchen yeah the kitchen has to be for home to function kitchen has to function food is important yes you know i want to to cook well and have a space for people to dine and people to be welcomed so and as our children say we have an ingredient house not any snacks in this house. Ingredients. If you want something. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they look and go, oh, ma. Yeah, my, my kids would say the same thing. Like, there's stuff, but there's nothing to eat. <laughs> like, make stuff, make stuff. There's lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Are you saying by that the your kitchen is the heart of your home? Yes. I have to say that I had a nice cooker put in. I got, um, I really wanted a Raven or an Aga, but it's just not practical. And I found a kind of a range cooker and it's got two ovens and gas top and it's a Falcon. And I love this thing. And it just like, I love cooking again. It's re inspired me and re inspired everybody in the house to cook again, you know. And bookshelves. And bookshelves. There you go. Kitchen and bookshelves. But that's lots of books. Yeah, well, I can go with that. Kitchen and bookshelves. I mean, a bigger family, if you can make it work, you know, having as the kids became uh, um, teenagers, if you can have a, a second bathroom, then that's useful too. Yeah. <laughs> they're messy. Especially with girls, maybe. But they refer to the, 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 the what used to be the form family bathroom, they refer to it as their bathroom. Yeah, it's theirs now. I like I do like that about uh, Asher and Ella is that they do refer to this house as their own, and that was something that was really important to us. Is mm-hmm. when we bought it, we said, "Well, we bought the house, and it mm-hmm. is your house too." You know, and it's our it, house. It, it, it belongs to all of us. Of course, it belongs to them in terms of inheritance, but um, we wanted them to know that this is your home. That's a beautiful thing. I I really love that you are saying that because I've been an expert most of my life and my husband was an expat also for most of his life and when you ask my children where they are from one would say dubai and another would say sometimes sweden sometimes south africa sometimes something else i love that idea of them having a place that that they would say that's where i'm from that's yeah. that's where i go yeah that's beautiful i hope that's what they would say about about this that that has been a I think a small achievement is that they have had enough of experience of living in this area, although we've lived in two homes in this area yeah. for 18 months, 18, 18 years. years. Whether they stay or not, I don't know. But the idea that they actually like this area is really important to me. Yeah. I don't really like my hometown. Mm. It's not a lot. I wouldn't want to spend any time there. I would not. I mean, if I had to go there, I would go, but I wouldn't go there voluntarily. You know, and so that's always been a desire for, for for us that our kids would enjoy the region that they grew up in and enjoy the house that they grew up in and that they would feel fond memories of it. I think they you know? really do. They do like this area. They like the town. You know, it's a beautiful town. Mm-hmm. It's a nice, you know, you've got close range to the mountains. You're 40 minutes, you're in the mountains. An hour and a half, you're by the beach. You indeed. It sounds, oh, we're going to come and visit. Also, yeah, you're welcome. Very well. You're welcome. <laughs> Unravel with you.
if you are um, explaining to other people about your house and where you are, what is the personality trait that your house exudes? Simple, I think, is a is something we strive for, though we get caught up with a lot of mess. I think people, when they walk through uh, the gateway, because you can't really see the house from as you come down the track, and there's this big gate. So when you open the door and walk into the courtyard, there's a like, oh, wow, because you don't expect it, but you have a nice view. You've got the garden. You've got the the kind of like a courtyarded area. So I think it's um, it kind of is just kind of lovely in a way. Mm. I think to people, we're used to it. You know, we don't, I don't see it through the same end. But when I see people walking through and they go, oh, wow, you know, I'm like, oh, it's you like really? those, those <laughs> estate, estate agent descriptions, you know, like the, the, the hidden gem yeah. is, is possibly, uh, yeah. uh, describes the personality. Yeah. It's a hidden gem. You know, it's something yeah. you don't expect to find. Yeah. Um, when you're here, it's, it's something different and, and appealing. Yeah. I think so. Quiet. Yeah, and quiet. Right, you know, the owls at night, you can hear the deers, you know. I have so many more questions and I am looking at the time and I'm realizing we kind of have to shut it down. But I'm <laughs> so uh, thankful that you came on and you're telling so much of your story in this beautiful home. Of course, we want to see pictures and... Pleasure to do as well. It's it's not easy to re- for me personally to reflect on how one's home and one's creation of home reflects one's relationship and i think that's probably the part of the story isn't it is that home you know, just home the is, basics of home yeah. which other people might take for granted like it's a safe place it, it's been mm-hmm. so fundamental for us that we've had to work hard at it and it hasn't come easy you know? mm-hmm. so um but it's been satisfying mm-hmm. It was interesting when we put the floor in last year and the kitchen, it almost felt like that was the completion of the renovation. It was like the completion of our healing. Yeah, well. probably it's getting like a, the, you know, a new foundation. Yeah, and rest, investing in something that, that reflected that we loved the space. You know, when you beautify the space, you, mm. it's an expression of loving ourselves. Of I loving think. oneself. You yeah. know, the house or the home is an extension of the self. And, you know, that was a big shift for us. Yeah. Please yeah. And actually say, well, we deserve to actually live in a beautiful home. Instead so, of making do. Exactly. Instead of making We're do. very good at making do. Yeah. Well, we were. <laughs> well, we were. No, yeah. Scratch. Scratch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such a, uh, a great, because, you know, one of our, the things that Shana and I talk about quite often is how our homes are the mirror of who we are. And what you were just bringing in is also a mirror of our relationships. And when you combine those things, it creates something very unique and very different. And I'm reflecting on your floor and how you said we needed a new place, you know, a new foundation, a new place. And you did the same for your home. Yeah. And so they're a beautiful reflection of the two. And and also saying, it's okay, I can fix you and you can fix me. And we can hold each other in this and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that has been the the story of our relationship, though, is is a commitment to our to our, uh, not to be each other's healing healer, although that happens vicariously anyway. But it's been a commitment to support each other in each other's healing journey, mm. and I think a common recognition. Although our childhoods were very different, they were also very similar in many ways as well. 
yeah. recognizing that we wanted to make sure that uh, we we kind of like uh, balance the books, if you like, so that our, our children and then next generations could wouldn't have to inherit what we inherited. You know, I don't know how much we've achieved that, but I think we've gone a long way to kind of setting the ship. Mm, setting the rudder right. Yeah, and that was a commitment. And that's come with some difficulty too, because a sense of like, oh, it's a heavy lift. It really is worth it. You know, the relative peace that we experience most of the time is a reflection, I think, of the inner work that we've committed to doing and that we commit to supporting each other in doing. I think it's the foundation of our relationship, isn't it? That we, it is. Lifelong learning, lifelong growth and always commit to supporting each other and finding what's next for each other in that journey so mm. and hopefully the house reflects that yeah well i'd like to just finish it on a practical note when we were renovating the house so we would we would actually each other be a support for each other yeah because you- emotionally it would really brought stuff up for me big time well, i'd be waking nick up at Odd hours in the morning, going, "Oh my God, I can't do this," and everything else. I you know, and you it was meant, like chart trauma. I thought you meant that you that when we renovated the house, we had to rip a, away a lot of the previous renovation from the eighties, oh, which was it was thirty five years ago, and it was so substandard. It was just a horrific trigger for Priya's sense of practicality <laughs> to have, we we. <laughs> We had to uh, <laughs> rip away part of the ceiling in the kitchen in order to allow a new um, kind of evacuation pipe to be fitted in for the for the extractor fan. Extractor talking pipe about. For the He's going from glaze. <laughs> it was very. It's a very simple thing, and we we took away the old cooker and found that there was a piece of plastic gutter, you know, like gutter pipe there. It was like, oh, yeah. so they used a small piece of gutter pipe to just link things up. Then we started to pull it out. It was six meters long. So they used a piece of six meter long plastic gutter pipe to connect the old cooker to the extractor fan in, in the roof. And uh, I think you nearly had a meltdown. At <laughs> I had so how, how sloppy it was. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we uncovered neglect, I think is what yeah. happened. Mm. Whereas we, we have renovated the house, we uncovered neglect. Um, and that triggered a lot of the neglect that we experienced growing up. And so actually you fixing it helped heal. Yes, it's us. been a healing process. Yeah, and we've been, I mean, you've been a great support for me when I completely lost it in the renovations. Yeah. You know, we, we've kind of supported each other. Nick, mostly me, because <laughs> I was losing <laughs> it most. Yeah. Yeah, you, were, you were the one managing it, though. Because so I was the one managing it. You had the, the reason for losing it. Yeah. Well, I think this is probably so far the best example of the theory that we have, which is that we look for those homes that can, yeah, that can be on our journey with us and on whose journey we can be. We end up kind of reflecting things to each other in some way. I think it's it is always amazing because it actually, as we've been discussing it, it really is. Yeah. And it has reflected us and how we've grown. There was a sense that when we moved in, that there was something that was still yielding to us, if you like. It took time for the, and it was pretty much only when we put the floor down last summer yeah, that after is. four years of owning, it really felt, oh, this house is ours now. Of course, it's ours on the deeds, but it was not ours energetically. There was something that was resisting it. There was so much that needed to be gutted, so much needed to be cleansed from it. 
which mm. was um, quite fascinating to observe. But it's mm. like it has finally, and the land has yielded to our guardianship, which is uh, has taken a long time. Yeah, that ancestral, what you were saying is it takes time and it's hard. Probably it was hard for your house too, to yeah. let go of all of that and say... Yeah. I really think that that speaking this out loud really makes a lot of sense, Priya, that we uh, we inherited this house or this house chose us, if you like, because it reflected our healing too. Because mm. really, I mean, the level of neglect care, over the and over many years, yeah. over many decades was just phenomenal. In French, which is just like the worst bodge job, yeah. neglect, you know, that was such a reflection of a, a lack of love, and which was part of our our hurt and our trauma from childhood was that home had uh, for often long periods of lack of love in it, a lack of nurture. So mm. for us to come in and nurture the physical space has been truly, truly mm. wonderful form of healing. Mm. It's a little bit to do, but we're in the final stretch. Yeah, we're in the final stretch. But yeah, it feels good. Yeah. It's a nice space. Yeah. And it's, I know you told me the walls are really thick, but you are just surrounded by light. It's just yeah. We are the house uniquely for this type of house. It's usually very dark, but our house is very light. Those doors and those windows are, are letting loads of things in. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and for being here and for being so open and really actually teaching us all who are listening about possibility of what our homes can do for us. Well, I think it's a lovely opportunity for us because we, uh, we celebrate 25 years together. We're not married, but we consider ourselves married in spirit. We have children. and mm. Our commitment is just as deep. Uh, we celebrate 25 years in January. So maybe it's an opportunity to reflect on what's the next 25 years look like. <laughs> yeah, what's the next 25 years look like? It's a good question to yeah. sit with. Knowing what you know. Well, it was really lovely. I really hope to speak to you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. You are listening to Life at Home. Our homes are the mirror of who we truly deeply are. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>